0: All right, um, All right. so the first thing we're going to talk about here is just, I'll give you one word to think about, but it has to do with the gospel. Um, I believe this year God wants us to, He wants to have us and He wants to help us to sow the gospel more in the 2017, maybe than we did last year. Um, for me, we planted a church last year. You know, that's, that's supposed to be a big deal. Sometimes you can assume planting a church just means you share the gospel a bunch, but really, um, planting a church has a lot to do with just opening the doors, with getting people together and united. And, and in some ways, we were able to share, share the gospel at different events, whether you know, we shared some at the sports time with the kids, we have shared some at Easter and our grand opening. But, you know, in some ways... Uh, I I think and maybe feel challenged by the fact that opening the doors and planting the church isn't always about just sowing the gospel a bunch. And maybe back in the New Testament originally, that was more a part of the plan. Uh, The way they planted church back then was they went and they shared the good news with different cities. And and if there was a good response, a lot of times they left people there or they raised up people to take care of that church. And in this day and age, sometimes it's a little more like, well, We've got an area where people live or an area where we think we should start a church. We get there, we set up shop, do all the logistics, and, and you hope you share the gospel somewhere along the way as a part of that. I, I think of Dennis and, and Thelma and some of the early days of our movement of churches. The way that churches got started was you know, they didn't strategically analyze the city or the demographic or anything like that. Uh, you know, in, in one case, some of you know the story of how our, our movement got rolling, if you will, was, was on a bus, you know, and the bus would go to different places like Albuquerque or different cities and share the gospel and if there was a response there uh, eventually I think people started thinking, well there's a bunch of believers here to take care of who've responded to the gospel somebody ought to stay and take care of them, and that's how churches got planned, it was more a response to how the gospel had effect on people's lives, and it's a little different maybe than the approach we've taken, um you know, even in this church planting. And yet, the Lord has us here, and I do think He wants us to share the gospel more. I think of this verse here is just one that I've wrestled with a lot over the last year here, but um, is it up there? Yep. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And I think one of the things God wants to do with us this year is to figure out how we can share the good news about Jesus with more people. And each one of these points, there's two facets to the point. One is a church-wide thing, something, how can we do this together? But another facet is, how can you and I do this personally? And I think God wants to help each one of us be able to share the gospel a little more, make the most of the opportunities um, that He's given us. Um, And then also how to do that as a church, put on events, where the focus of the event is going to be someone's going to share their story of, of how they came to faith in Christ, how that's changed their lives or share just a presentation of the Gospel. But I know this is on God's heart, and I know this is why He brought us here. I think of some of these other verses. Again, this one we saw at Faith Walkers. Um, you know, not only is sowing is a, you know, it's kind of an agricultural metaphor, but this one's a, this one's more speaks to the idea of the urgency of our mission. People, if the Lord returned today... Many people would spend eternity in heaven with Him in His presence. Many would spend eternity separated from their Creator who loves them and has good for them, but they'd be separated forever in hell because of their sin and a righteous judgment upon sin. And we've got a rescue mission here that, that I think we want to recapture that sense of urgency. You know, Obviously we know this is the heart of Jesus said, go in all the world and preach the good news. And one of the things I just want to pull out of this verse is go is a proactive thing. He wants us to go. Jesus could have said to the first disciples, stay here in Jerusalem, make the best church, the first and the best church ever, just stay here, and I'll draw people here to you. But instead He got them all together and said, guys, we've got to reach the world, and so in order to do that, we're going to have to go. We're going to have to initiate outside these walls. We'll come back together, and we'll have devotion to prayer and teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread to encourage us and to keep our faith strong, and then we're going to have to go. I'm gonna to have to come back together and, and really the church, a lot of times the church was more of a headquarters for encouraging the disciples. And I think sometimes we flip that around and go, like, if we can go drag someone out there who's not here into here, then maybe they'll start loving Jesus, following Jesus, give up all their money and all their conflicts of interest and just because they came here, you know. And and that's not really how he designed it. It's we come here for encouragement of our faith to remind ourselves of the mission and we go. And we take the good news there and and really this Wednesday night I'd love to get you even between now and then thinking about what are ways we can sow, scatter seeds of the gospel more generously, more bountifully than we did last year because in some ways we didn't see a ton of salvations this past year as a church. As a pastor that's always a challenging thing because everyone wants to know how many people did you see saved, how many people did you baptize, Um, and I'm on a church plants and, and we're planting this together and we didn't see a ton of salvations. And we didn't see a ton of baptisms, though I think there's a few in the pipeline here. But I do think God wants to bring about more of that this year. And I don't know the details, but I encourage you to, to be asking Him. We'll bring our thoughts together and we'll pray. Once we find out what we think He wants us to do, we'll probably have to pray again. And uh, But that's one of the broad strokes. The Gospel is going to be a bigger part of this year in the picture He wants to paint. Another one, I think it has to do with with the Holy Spirit. Um, again, this was talked about at Faith Walkers, and I'll just put up a couple verses on this. But um, um, <clears throat> The Holy Spirit wants to help us in this. Todd Watkins, in his teaching, he just talked about God has called us to co-labor, to work together with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is really the Lord of the harvest. And so when we look to the Lord of the harvest, the way we do that today is we look to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hey, this is your harvest field. Where do you want to allocate us? Where do you want to put us to work? Where do you want us to sow? Where do you want us to reap? And we need to look to the Spirit more. The first verse here you know, is a classic one on the Great Commission, but there's a promise of of Holy, the Holy Spirit bringing power as you and I share our faith. Um, and we'll be witnesses, power as we witness what we've seen, what we've heard. There's a you know geographic progression in there, but we've got to work on our Jerusalem here first. But we, I think God wants to have more of the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us as a church and individually this year. Um, I love this verse that you know we talked about this around Christmas time, this one in Isaiah. But the Lord just says, "Here's who I'm going to look to this year." You know, you could throw in that this is the one I will look to in 2017. To him, to her, to anyone who is humble and contrite in spirit. Again, we talked about how contrite is sensitive like a bruise. When the Holy Spirit touches you, do you respond with obedience or do you respond with hardening and toughening? Ah, I'm not going to respond to that. Um, God's looking for some people who respond sensitively to His Spirit this year, individually and as a church. And and we tremble at His Word, we obey, we uh, revere His Word. But um, I love this verse in Acts here. This is just, uh, I think, an example of this sensitivity. But at one point, the Holy Spirit says to Philip, Go up to that chariot. Go up and join this chariot. And Philip ran up and, and heard him reading from Isaiah the prophet. Basically, was reading about Jesus. Um, but the Holy Spirit just said, "Hey, Philip, go up to that. You know, modern day translation. Go up to that. Go up to that F-150 over there. There's someone in there I want you to talk to. Okay, Randy, go up to it. and you know, uh, for us to be." Um, I just think God wants us to be more sensitively obedient to His Spirit. If He says, go up and do that, we need to do that. Sometimes people talk about the Holy Spirit, and and you can get into some things that are a little more like, yeah, the Holy Spirit told me to eat, uh, you know, uh, told me to eat raisin bran this morning instead of cornflakes. I always eat cornflakes. He wants me to eat raisin bran. Maybe, maybe not. But one thing I do know that the Holy Spirit gives real clear direction on is who He wants to have Jesus shared with Next. The scriptures say the Holy Spirit came to testify about Jesus, um, came to glorify Jesus. A lot of times when you you either get to one side where it's like, oh, we don't have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. That's way too uh, sensational. It can get a little wacky. Um, And we can be on this side where we don't work with the Holy Spirit all that much. But I think God wants us to know that... The Spirit's going to give us opportunities, each one of us. The Spirit's going to guide us as a church to the field He wants us to plant and sow. In it, and we just maybe could use to be a little more sensitively obedient to the Spirit this year. I know for me, I told you last week, but I felt like I was a little more bashful with the Gospel this year in my own life. Um, I felt maybe my flesh was getting more of a voice than it needed. And, and the idea of your flesh and my flesh is always gonna say, hey guys, when you talk about Jesus, it's just awkward. And and I think we need to realize the flesh is always gonna think this is awkward. But anytime I was able to share my faith, even just a couple opportunities to share my testimony, my spirit afterwards was like, that was awesome. That was really awesome. And and I think we're all going to have to overcome awkward. No one's flesh is going to be like, yeah, let's go talk about Jesus. That's really cool. All of our flesh says, no, that's not cool. That's awkward. And our flesh is going to scream every time, awkward. You know, the question is, uh, who's in the driver's seat? You know, we need our flesh to be in the back seat, in the trunk. And when our spirit is sitting next to Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the driver's seat, it doesn't have to be awkward. And I was telling someone this week, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I can feel like, you know, if you bring up Jesus or heaven or faith, you're just going to. People are going to think you 're awkward you 're going to have an awkward conversation, but what I realized over this last year, if I was a little bit maybe backed off of awkward, I had plenty of awkward conversations that had nothing to do with Jesus. I had things that you just went like she 's not getting what i 'm saying and i 'm not even talking about jesus because i 'm being winsome and, and it was still awkward you know it just uh, it, it doesn 't but we might as well I, I like the idea i 've been thinking a little more when I was had seasons when i have been a little more bold in my faith, I just think. I eat awkward for breakfast. You guys, let's eat awkward for breakfast. Our flesh is going to be screaming. So we're at Faith Walkers, and I feel like God is beginning to work on me. We had this situation there where Morgan came up to our room. She came through the lobby, and there was a guy in the lobby that looked like her brother. We haven't seen her brother for a while here. No idea why in the world he'd be in Grand Junction. But she came up and like, "I I think he's there in the lobby. And I'm like, really? And all of us are like, she's like, you should go look. And I'm like okay, I'm going to go spy on this guy in the lobby here. And so I went down there, and uh, I'm looking at him from a distance, and I'm like, it looks like him. And then there was another pastor I kind of told the scenario to, somebody knows Steve McEnroy from Salt Lake there. I was like, Steve, I'm trying to find out if this is Morgan's brother or not. And the guy yawned at one point and did this yawn exactly like her brother does i'm like it's got to be him so i told steve you know he's got tattoos all over his arm if it's her brother so why don't you go look so steve kind of does a sweep and kind of so we're doing this thing eventually i'm like i'm just going to go up to the guy and ask are you isaac or are you not you know and i looked at him and i was like you know here are you isaac and he looks at me and i realized it's not isaac and he's like no and i was like well you, you look a lot like my brother-in-law i thought we should check and, and so he says to me well, he must be a pretty good-looking guy then, I guess. You know. I'm like, awkward, you know. Um, but, uh, but then I just proceeded to talk to him. And he was traveling from Arizona, and he actually lived uh, in Denver. So I'm like, oh, whereabouts in Denver do you live? It's like I live in a neighborhood called the Highlands uh, in Denver. And, and I was like, okay. Uh, so I just kept talking to him a little more. He lives by Chipotle, if any of you know, the 30 seconds and uh, Lowell there. Lived right across the street there, and so I told him, "Well, you know, do you know Jezebel's, do you know Low High Steak Bar, some of those." Like, yeah, and I was like, "Well, our church is right there, and we're here at a conference, and uh, I just invited him to go to church." Uh, and So uh, he said, "I don't know." I asked him what sort of church background you had. I asked him all the questions that I used to not be afraid to ask people. What sort of church background do you have? You'd be welcome at our church, um, and. But I, I think uh, I think God wants to do more of that in our lives. And if you ever find your flesh saying, "Awkward," you can just say, "I know, but you know, get in the back seat. This is going to be, this is going to be awesome." If God shows up, and I've been listening, I watched the guest list up at the Highlands there. But his name was Drew, and, and I said, "Oh yeah, you know, it's my brother's name too." And um, but I'm watching to see Drew show up at the Highlands. Sometimes I would not be surprised if God brings him to that. The church there, and but my point in all of this is, you and I maybe just being a little more aware of what the Spirit might want to do in us and through us, and um, you know maybe not being afraid to ask a couple questions. I love to ask, what sort of church background do you have? It's a real simple question to ask. Um, You know, inviting, telling them about our church, inviting them to church, um, things like that. I think we're going to try to do some more training. Dennis, uh, I think, is highly skilled at transitioning into reading a booklet by asking the question, you know, do you know for certain where you go when you die? And uh, I think we're going to grow in that this year. But something to think about, the gospel, and more sensitivity and obedience to the Spirit. Like when he says go, you know, I love this about Philip. Go up to that chariot it says he ran. That's the type of obedience I think God's looking for in people he wants to use. That we'd be a church full of people that are like, go, all right, I'll beat you there, you know. Um, another word that, you know, to think about in all of this is going to be faith. If we're going to get crazy with the gospel, if we're going to get more sensitive to the Spirit, we better have some more faith because that's a scary thing to be thinking about. One of the verses I remember, that I feel like God spoke to me last year as we were planting the church, and I look at it this year and it seems all the more fitting. It's this one from Zechariah eight six, And he's talking about rebuilding the temple back then in the context of this, and it was a lot of work, and it had stopped and started, and it was overwhelming. And at one point... You know, the Lord says this, and He just says, All this may seem impossible to you now, a small remnant of God's people, but is it impossible for me, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. You know, I look at our task here in Parker, and um, just trying to figure out how are we going to reach people? How are we going to get the gospel out? How are we going to grow? How are we going to do this? And I look at our team, and you know, numerically, I think our team might be smaller than we were at this time last year. And yet I think we're more refined, more united. And yet this all this may seem impossible to you, the small remnants of the firehouse church. But is it impossible for me? And I think God wants to do some things that we have to decide. You know, um, Our faith would engage God to do something that would be otherwise impossible for us. Some of the things He might lead us into here are going to probably seem impossible. And, and yet uh, faith is going to help you know, engage His hand. And I love this verse. This is one I shared in my seminar, but it's um, just a great reminder in Galatians where He says this. He's talking to these Galatians and saying, Hey, look, you guys started out by the Holy Spirit uh, doing things, cool things, and it's because of your faith, and now you're trying to do your own human effort observing certain laws and practices. But but He says this in, in um, this verse, So then does He who gives you, uh, who provides you with the Holy Spirit and works miracles on, uh, among you, does He do it by works of the law? Because you're doing X, Y, and Z, Old Testament practices, New Testament laws we, we impose on ourselves? Or is it by hearing that comes with faith? Um, and His point was, hey, look, the, the Spirit was doing miraculous things in your midst because you had faith. Uh, you were believing what God said. You were believing His Word, His promises. And awesome things were happening. And then at some point it transitioned into, now we got to do it all by... The works of our own energy, our own effort, our own guidance, our own thinking, but our faith will engage the supernatural hand of God this year, and um, and I think he wants to see more of that, and it's this verse here I think is uh, fitting for this coming year as well, Hebrews 11, 6, and without faith, it's impossible to please God in 2017. <laughs> I'm throwing that in there, it's true, it's not included, we know that, but i uh, Without faith, it's going to be impossible to please God in 2017. Your faith personally, our faith as a church, without faith it will be impossible. But then it goes on to say the kind of faith. It says, uh, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You know, I've been thinking about this more and more, but um, our faith is not only that God exists. Sometimes I think we spend a lot of time trying to prove to people that God exists apologetics and, and things on, well, God really exists because this, 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 and this. But I think the second part of that is, not only does God exist, uh, I love how the Message Bible puts this this verse, but he says it that, that God responds to those who seek Him. You know, God's reward, when you seek Him, God's reward is that He responds to you. We have a God that not only exists, we got to believe that. We all want to argue the defense of that. But how strongly does our our life argue God exists because He responds to my faith. And I think God wants us to make a greater argument for Him in this city, in our neighborhoods, because not only can we describe the reasons why God exists and the Creator and the creation and conscience and complexity and all these things that are a great argument for God exists, but you know a great way to show God exists is that He responds to your prayers and things that would not otherwise happen. And I think He wants to have us have more of that as a church personally um, you know personally uh, I'd encourage you to be thinking about what are some faith steps God would have you to take this year things he might have you to do with the gospel or following his spirit some of you guys I know uh, in your small group talked about well maybe I should get baptized and you know what honestly that will be a faith step you know even knowing that that's something that, that God might want you to do it's going to take faith to go I'm, I'm going to step out it's kind of my public declaration here I'm going to they're going to hold me underwater for a while. It's going to take faith, depending on who's baptizing you and how long they let you up. And um, but there's going to be some faith steps, getting baptized or sharing your faith or passing out a, a gospel tract booklet. Teen group, I think about some of the things God's going to lead you guys into this year. It's going to take faith. Um, I, I think this might be the, the theme of uh, the summertime event is going to be evangelism. A lot of times they they team up teens with other teens or with their parents. And they get out and start talking to people about their faith, and um, that's gonna that's gonna take faith. It's gonna take faith for us as dads too. I think, right? We don't want to mess up in front of our kids. We don't want them to outdo us, or no, that'd be fine too. I think. But uh, a lot of I just encourage you. God has some faith steps for you. He has some faith steps for us as a church. But be thinking about that in your next quiet time. Ask him to. You know, give you something that would encourage your faith about His character, His attributes, His promises, His heart. Things that we can apply faith to. Um, The last broad stroke we want to talk about in in the picture that he wants to to paint here. You know, I really think all of this is going to be accessed and um, brought about through prayer. You know, whether it's getting the gospel out, we're going to have to pray personally and as a church. Be more in tune and in step with the Spirit, we're going to have to pray. Holy Spirit, what are you guiding us to here? What are you guiding us to, and help me to hear, help me to obey, um, things related to faith. We're going to have to be praying. Uh, this is a great promise here, a number of good promises on prayer, but you know, this one: is let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God wants us to approach Him and ask for help Get in all these things here. Help, maybe it's to strengthen our faith, maybe it's to be more obedient, maybe it's to, to get into the gospel, share our story. I love this one; it's a classic one, just on the power of prayer as a church. Uh, Acts 12:5, just a classic one. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And as they were praying, even as this, you know, this chapter was describing the situation, they were in a prayer meeting. Peter was in prison with chains, and an angel came to Peter, set him free from the chains, let him out of prison. He showed up at the prayer meeting that they were earnestly having for Him. God did something supernatural in response to the group of believers praying together earnestly. And I, I think He wants us to be praying together more. I, I think over the year we look at different things we did. And when you start a church, you kind of have to do certain things. One is like open the doors or whatever building you're at, set up chairs, set up things. Certain things have to happen. One thing that doesn't have to happen to start a church is prayer you can start it without prayer and, and you can do a lot of things prayer is not one of the easiest things to do I think between sharing your faith and praying there are two things that our flesh has a natural aversion to and it takes a spiritual energy to to share our faith and, and to pray you know it's not like hey we just sat around and next thing you know our whole family was praying because it's just so easy and natural to do it takes effort and it's going to take effort this year a lot of things we're going to do whether it's at church on Sunday whether it's this Wednesday night meeting we're going to try to Make the effort to pray a little more and ask God for help and guidance and all of these things. So, you know, personally, a couple of verses I've been thinking about here. Just going to close with this, but uh, I don't know if you have personal goals this year, things you want to do. I know um, there's getting in shape, there's financial goals. There's uh, I've talked to a number of guys that have goals in, in their workplace. You know, their upper management is passing on goals and dreams that they need to accomplish. And, um, but I, I've been thinking about some spiritual goals. You know. Um, I really I realize that we set goals in work and athletics and, and all sorts of things, but church sometimes we don't set spiritual goals. Goals and um, often a coach helps you you know set physical goals or a boss helps you set career goals and you know a pastor is supposed to help us set I think spiritual goals. And so I'd encourage you guys to be thinking about it. But one of my prayers, one of the goals that I would like to see this year is. Um, it's related to these verses here. One, I love this verse here. The Lord is close to all who call on Him. Yes, to all who call on Him in truth. And there's one in Job here. I love this verse in Job, but it's going to be one of my theme verses for the year. But Job is speaking and he says this. He says, Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house. And, and Job is just kind of remembering before he had all these trials and different things, but. You know, I think about this verse, and one of the things I think about physically, we can say, oh, for the days when I was in my prime. Some of you, maybe you haven't hit your prime yet. You know, I know know Margaret is still headed to the top here. She's trying to hit the prime here. But, uh, you know, some of us maybe have hit our prime physically. I remember back in college, I could used to dunk a basketball, and it was my claim to fame. I wanted to get a license plate that said, I dunk." Because that would be very important to have. That's before I was a believer and had a different identity than basketball, but um, I don't dunk the basketball anymore. Just I don't want to show off, you know. It's, uh, but I I don't even know if I can touch the rim. I'm happy to touch the net nowadays. I think, um, but I may or may not ever dunk the basketball again. But the cool thing about spiritually, um, spiritually, you don't have to have hit your prime yet. Sometimes we can go, oh, the glory days when I was single or when I was in churches are doing this different thing but you know spiritually has nothing to do with your age you can be as old as you've ever been in your life and still be in your prime spiritually you can be extremely young and still be in your prime spiritually it has to do with how closely you want to walk with the Lord how much time you want to put into prayer and, and feeding your faith on his word and uh, being sensitive to his spirit but um, I've been praying Lord may this year be my prime spiritually that I've never had a more close walk with the Lord than this year, and I've been putting some time in and some prayer into this. Sometimes you can double up things. If you're trying to get in shape, uh, uh, as you're on the treadmill, you might bring your prayer list to the treadmill, or you might do you know different things here. But I'm doing that, and started uh, I moved my treadmill, our treadmill, into my office where I can heat the room and walk and pray at the same time it's in the privacy of my huge office. Um, but, but uh, maybe, maybe you guys would join me in this maybe this would be the year that you are in your prime spiritually and then maybe next year would be the year you're in your prime spiritually as well and, but uh, I, I want to be closer to the Lord than I've ever been more honest with Him than I've been in my heart uh, I think of the quote from a pastor out in Minneapolis some of you might know Mark Darling but he says uh, his quote is just a, it's a challenging one if you want God to be more real to you be more real to God you want to be close to God this year? Tell Him how you're honestly feeling. And ask Him to respond. And watch out what He might speak to you in your Word or through His spirits. But maybe this would be a year we'd all be in our prime spiritually. And if that's the case individually, can you imagine what God would do with our church as a whole? Um, but anyways, these are things I think God wants us to be thinking about. Again, the Gospel, sowing generously. The Spirit, being sensitively obedient faith, uh, just being believing God for, for bigger things than we have before, and, and then prayer, just walking closely to Him uh, individually and as a church. I'm going to go ahead and pray. We will call in the morning here. <clears> the <throat> well, Lord Jesus, we do just thank You again for this time, and we thank You for the plans that You have for us, and, and Lord, I know each one of us, I think in our spirit, would want to walk closer to You than ever before, would want to walk in greater faith than we've ever had sowing the gospel more than ever um, and just being sensitive to your spirit. And so we ask you for help in this. All these things are they're in line with your will. They're in line with your word as you, you revealed that. And um, So I just pray you'd help us. Lord, help us be the church you want us to be. Lord, we, we want to be uh, really the canvas that you do your painting on that you do your work in us and through us. And uh, Just help us in this. Help, help us even as we open our Bibles the next time here that We would listen for Your voice. We would look for things You prompt us to do, to obey, to change. Um, But God, we we look forward to this year. We thank You for the year You gave us. And yet, uh, we are excited about going with You this year. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Guys, one last announcement. I had mentioned in a teaching a while back that we want to get one-year Bibles in case you don't have one or you aren't in the habit of reading the Bible daily. And... I said I was going to get that, and I never did. And and so this morning, I got online and I ordered us a case of one-year Bibles. So if you don't have one, or even if you do, uh, there's probably going to be enough for every one of us to have one, and if we need to buy more, we'll buy more. But those should be here by maybe next Sunday. So I think it's a great way to nourish your faith on God's Word, on His character, on His attributes, but we uh, we'd like to buy one of those for you if you haven't started that habit if you're not in the habit and because uh, we think it, it'd be worth it you know so anyways watch for those next week if you got a Bible already make sure you're using that one but otherwise we get you a new one here so anyways have a great uh, rest of your, your day and we'll see you Wednesday night six o'clock for dinner six o'clock ish at the Mahalis and I think we're having pizza we'll probably have some sides we might send an email out for sides but thanks for coming this morning you guys and uh, let's enjoy the rest of the day